Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Alex on from Zero. And we'll be learning about the business case or the use case that is customers and prospects use to purchase zero. So without any further ado, Alex, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and zero? Hi, William. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, zero is productivity automation company. And I'm, uh, I'm lucky to be running the company, being a CEO and co-founder. And we started the company with the premise of making professional services uh, workers or knowledge workers as we know them uh, better, life, make, make their life better. Because a lot of time is being spent on uh, repetitive tasks. And our goal is to make sure that people spend time on things that are important and we will take care of the rest. And that's why the, the name, the company is called Zero, the name Zero because we want people to spend time on important stuff. So uh, zero time wasted. That's, that's what we stand for. I love this. So when we think about productivity, uh, there's a lot of different ways to unpack that, like time management, uh, file, file management, uh, knowledge management. There's a bunch of different ways that people have historically thought about productivity. How, what's y'all's working definition of, of productivity? Well, the easiest way to describe productivity is to do more with less. Hmm. And we always take it for granted because time is being given to us by default, right? And we all operate on the credit that we got. Right. Uh, and we spend it like left and right. And we rarely think that time is the, the only non-redeemable asset we have. You can spend money, you can get more money back you invested. If you spend time, no one gives you the, the time back. So it's the only non-redeemable asset um, that we possess. And uh, we actually spend it uh, the way we think is uh, uh, fit, fit, fits our processes. But actually, these processes are typically dictating how uh, we should spend our time. Um, and we're not efficient with our time. None of us. Right. There's always a room for improvement. So doing uh, more with less and getting more ROI, return on investment from the time we're investing in our, into our work is what productivity actually is. So with time management, um, one of the things I've, I've seen in the past is just having visibility into kind of how one spends their time or wastes their time. You know, where, you know, again, you're not, like you said, you're not going to get that time back. So if a, a task was a two hour task, you could have easily done it in an hour because someone's already done that before. Uh, and so you didn't have to recreate the wheel. Um, what type of, what, I mean, how do we, how do we give people insight into, you know, how they spend their time uh, and how they can spend their time in a better way, you know, going forward? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great question. Uh to answer it, we need to have a step back a bit and have a look at what we do as professionals from a helicopter view. Uh, 
Right. Everything we do as knowledge workers, and we are all knowledge workers. And by the way, there is a one billion, there's one billion knowledge workers in the world, and the number is growing, right? Wow. So we're constantly becoming more and more knowledge worker societies, right? With robotics in place, with all the automation, production automation in place. So we're becoming more and more knowledge workers. So every piece of our work, every uh, knowledge worker's day of a life can consist of two things, practicing things and doing business of things, right? If, if I'm a lawyer, I'm doing practicing law and also the business of law. If I'm an accountant, I'm doing the practice of accounting and the business of accounting. The practice is what I'm trained for. That's what I know how to do the, the, to perform things. If I'm a lawyer, I can be creating a contract, right? That's a practice of law, for example. But also I have to perform business activities, communicate with clients, uh, do some uh, uh, timekeeping or file management, uh, email management, and so on and so forth. So this business of things, right? Let's say business of law, business of accounting or consulting, I'm not being paid for it. Or if I'm being paid like flat fee or something, it still consumes a lot of my time. So it's it, it's up uh, from the time that I can spend on actually producing the value uh, to the client, to myself, to the society, to anyone. And it's important to understand that um, AI and automation can can automate both or try to automate both parts of, um, of the day. But actually, we are focusing on the business part because it's not what provides the value. So why not to automate it? Why not to give it to a machine? And in this case, the other part, when I'm practicing something that I'm trained for, that's what I enjoy doing as a knowledge worker. And that's where I'm really good at. So I don't need help there, or at least not that much. So take away all those repetitive tasks from my to-do list so I can focus on important things, providing value. So that's uh, kind of a helicopter view at um, at this point, and that's what uh, not a lot of companies are focusing on, but we try to. I like this. So productivity, uh, at least historically, Alex, um, from an HR uh, perspective, has been kind of somewhat um, not necessarily overlooked, but they've they've looked at productivity uh, through the lens of uh, performance. And it's not necessarily, not necessarily uh, a great way of, of thinking about productivity. Uh, and I think you're you're looking at productivity in a really really unique way. Um, is the is the application as you as you've conceived it? Is it? Do you think it's more for the individual, the employee, to kind of gar- garner insight into how they're working and how they could work more efficiently? Is it for the manager? Of, of those employees or is it for both? Like how does, who, who gets to use Zero? Uh, great, great question. So actually it's for the end user. It's for the mm-hmm. knowledge worker herself that wants to produce more and spend less time on it. But everyone in the food chain benefit from it, starting from the employee and the management and the organization as the whole, because there is no such thing as individual productivity in isolation. Uh, if we talk about the organization, the company's productivity, company efficiency. Productivity is more attached to a human being. So let's say efficiency. The company's efficiency is the sum of small efficiencies of every single person in a company, starting from janitor, ending up uh, with a CEO, right? And everyone in between. So 
so it's always a sum. And if you uh, have basically everyone's productivity increased, the overall efficiency of the organization increases as well. And in this case, um, I would say it's all it's it's probably been overlooked by many HR professionals mm -hmm. that um, they talk about a lot of benefits and quirks and perks and like, uh, especially here in Silicon Valley, we hear a lot of stuff about like uh, um, working remotely and providing people more, more flexible hours and everything else. But rarely people talk about how they will support the employee to actually be more productive. And that's what actually makes people more happy even than the flexible hours or uh, remote work. Of course, it's not mutually exclusive. Everything should be in there. But if I'll give an example, let's say you, are, um, you start work, working in a new company and they provide you with outdated tools. And they tell you, yeah, you'll have to work on a 10 years old computer that lags and like you'll have the very laggy internet. And uh, like basically they do not provide you with effective tools, right? So how low your satisfaction of that type of work will fall in like two weeks, you'll be pretty upset, right? Because you want to have new tools, new software, new computers, everything, right? And we take it for granted that everyone gets right now the, the same level of equipment. Why not uh, focusing on the advanced automation that can actually take it to the next level? And that's where um, employee satisfaction uh, jumps in. Because if you don't have to spend your time on repetitive tasks, you can spend more time on things, doing things that you enjoy. Right. And that brings in the um, work satisfaction. Uh, it brings in the uh, the life uh, work life balance. Much better one uh, if combined with flexible hours and uh, working remotely. If just talking about just flexible hours, right? So those kind of things um, are really important and rarely being talked about. So uh, as for myself, I would rather have automation tools that give me back a third of my one third of my time instead of having candies in the kitchen or having a, uh, I don't know, um, PlayStation in the office. I don't care about that things, but I care about my time. And in the era, like, era of um, great resignation, when people are not satisfied with what, uh, how they, how being treated, how they work, providing them with extra tools, extra automation that will make their life better, like literally at the push of a button, uh, is what organizations should be focusing on. I'll give you an example because we're talking about generic things. I'll give you an example from one of our products and clients. Um, we have this tool called um, Athena, which uh, automatically uh, does the email management and compliance for lawyers uh, and people who actually have to keep the information for compliance purposes. And that means that right now, let's say I'm a lawyer uh, and I, I'm well-trained, I'm well-paid, let's say I'm getting $1,000 an hour, right? And I work on my client case um, and I provide value to my clients. But also I have to spend almost 40 minutes a day, half an hour, 40 minutes a day on moving emails manually 
to specific locations to to preserve those uh, for compliance purposes. I have to. That's one of my routine tasks. And it costs me about $500 a day. And I think that's not the work that anyone enjoys. And we keep saying no lawyer ever went to law school to file emails in the document <laughs> system. That's the stupidest work those type of professionals can do. But yet they have to do it. So with our product, we completely automate it. And now they're getting, not just getting half an hour back. Well, of course, they can spend this half an hour on uh, client matter work and get 500 plus more dollars uh, into the billing system. But they can also go to soccer game uh, with with uh, the son and uh, spend time with friends. So the work-life balance is immediately increased. Like literally, this is an immediate ROI, return on investment. You put the automation in, it starts working for you, and you immediately get the next second you get the time back. And it's just one of the examples. Now imagine uh, as a professional, I have five to 10 processes like this during my day that eats up one third of my time. And if at least half of those can be automated, how much time can I get back? Let's do the, even not a helicopter view. Let's talk about like stratosphere view. There's 1 billion knowledge workers in the world. And let's say each of them spend an hour, uh, hour and a half uh, a day on those routine things that no one enjoys doing, but they have to. It's a billion hours a day. The mm-hmm. whole society is spending on basically heating up the atmosphere. <laughs> and use this analogy. <laughs> boiling up the ocean. It's, uh, it's stupid. And yeah, with well, what I love about this is, I mean, what I love about this, sorry to interrupt, Alex, but what I love about this is, it's we think we've we've thought historically about productivity as a way of getting uh, yield, mm-hmm. uh, getting more again, getting more out of less, which is which is great. But you've taken it a step further insofar as productivity is actually employee experience. If done well, yes, you're going to do more with less. However, what you're going to do more of is your choice. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think of the, the way that you frame that up for people is like, listen, there's a bunch of waste. And like, we all know it, we're wasting time doing things that A, that we don't get anything out of, but, but, but could be automated, should be automated, et cetera. You can regain your life, like reclaim your life and your happiness and your satisfaction. And I love the way that you've positioned it for HR, for them to consume, for them to think about it. It's like, this is just a way to make people more satisfied in what they do. Yes, they're going to be more uh, productive, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to invest, reinvest that time and do more stuff for you. They might take that time and do something for themselves, which makes them happy, which is great. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. So I, I, I just love the way that you've, you've kind of reframed the argument, if you will. Yes, uh, William, and there's all, all, also another angle to that. Um, so yes, traditional approach to productivity, you can do more with less, right? So if you got this time back, we assume you might be doing more work right, or right. you can spend it on something that is not work related, right? On yourself, get the um, work-life balance uh, better and like uh, things like this, but there's another angle, the quality of work. Uh, hey, yeah. you're more satisfied. You're not spending time on unnecessary things. You can do the same amount of work, right? 
but you can do it better. The quality of your um, a work product might be absolutely on the next level because you don't have to be distracted by those um, processes that you typically have to do manually. You laser focus on providing best of your work to your client. And it's so visible, actually. It's not a fraction of uh, the, it's a quantity versus quality. And quality eats quantity for breakfast always, especially in the knowledge, knowledge, um, um, knowledge wor- world, right? Uh, because it's not something material. It's something that we produce as a knowledge workers and the quality can be seen easily. You can see, I don't know, an article and you can see that it's uh, done, nah, well, not so well. Right. Or you can see an amazing piece of work. And sometimes this amazing piece of work, the difference between amazing piece of work and something like, eh, whatever, it's just 10% of extra time being spent on that. And that 10% or 15% of time is being eaten by unnecessary stuff. So if we give it this time back to people and they can focus on the work they like doing, they love doing, the quality of work jumps up dramatically and increases the overall satisfaction because it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a loop circle. I provide more uh, better work. I get better reward. I get better satisfaction from the process. So I provide better work next time again and again and again. So that's kind of a um, self-sustaining process, but it needs to start somewhere. And it typically starts when you start getting this time back so you can reinvest it into your uh, um, knowledge work. I love this. This is just so great. I love what you've built. Let's do some buy side uh, things for the audience. Um, So when, you know, when you show zero, uh, to a prospect or your team shows zero to a prospect for the first time, what do they fall in love with? A uh, couple of things. Actually, first thing first, uh, and it's actually a really interesting um, thing that people don't like, though everyone says that, well, I want my processes to be automated, but yeah. no one wants to change. Right. Like change. <laughs> They want everything to be done, but right. change. And change management actually is the biggest problem for automation companies because automation companies come in saying, hey, now you'll do it this, this, this way. And the knowledge worker says, wait a second, I've been doing that for 10 years this way. It's like a habit to me. I'm not going to be changing, though I understand you'll give me back my time, but nah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to change. Um, and first thing that hits the nerve um, in a good way for anyone we show zero to and what we can do is that there is no change management involved. So zero is almost invisible to the user. You know, like physicists, they say the ideal machine is the one that doesn't exist, but the job is done. Uh, And ideal means nothing to break, nothing to learn, nothing to uh, set up and so on and so forth. In this case, zero is an intelligent layer AI-powered layer on top of your existing processes. And between point A and point B, so where you start and where you want to get, there are so many button clicks of the button, moving files, and so on and so forth. That consumes the time. So zero eliminates all that stuff in between. So basically, you do the work you do, typically do, and you see the end result automatically appear whenever whenever it needs to be appear, appear, appear. So... That's the first thing that 
basically makes people say, wow, because everyone knows that change management is the hardest thing. And in case you just don't have to do anything, but the job is done, that's where they feel like it's black magic, which it actually is. Uh, <laughs> but, um, we have a couple of voodoo folks. Uh, but, um, so that's the, the first thing. And second, the quality of the results. So a lot of automation companies out there that are not kind of they automation companies, but and they say they're intelligent automation, but they're more automation than intelligent. In our case, we try to focus on an intelligent part of that thing, because again, it's always quality versus quantity. We'd rather provide you less automation, but on a level that it doesn't require uh, a lot of supervision on your side, um, instead of providing you everything and with a mediocre result. So the quality of uh, automation is a priority number one, especially for knowledge workers. We are, as knowledge workers are, on one, one side, we're um, bypassed by, by mm, a lot of mm, new automation technologies because our processes are really hard to automate. They are cognitive. Everyone does things differently. For example, right. when you do your emails differently from how I manage my emails and time and files and everything. So AI needs to be adaptable. Uh, it needs to understand your particular process and that requires cognitive component, how you right. feel, how you think and so on and so forth. So our solution is focused on mimicking the decision-making process of a human being and providing extra level of quality. And that's what we focus on. So that's the second thing typically um, makes them say, wow. Oh, I love that. So buying questions uh, from your team when you're in front of a practitioner and you just kind of, you know that they get it. What are the questions that they're asking you? Like what, what, what are the, what, or what should they be asking? I'll phrase it a little bit differently. What should they be asking, you know, people at zero uh, in, in the buy process? Yeah. First of all, they ask like, um, when can I get it? how fast to stand it up yeah exactly how how fast it can be set up and what is the what is the process of getting it set up because we know this uh, ai systems sometimes are really hard to set up right uh and it's truly the case for the software or solutions that reap and replace basis right you have to take something out to put something in new and it typically takes months or sometimes might take a year, depending on the size of the organization you're working with. When, when we're talking about the intelligent layer and automation, which we are in this case, it's more of uh, putting something on top of existing systems. We never replace an existing system. We actually thrive on legacy systems. It's like, uh, it's like your old Honda Civic is getting autopilot from Tesla and drives and feels like Tesla. It probably will still smell like a Honda Civic of 1999, but uh, everything else would be like Tesla. So that's the analogy, right? Uh, and in this case, setting up uh, intelligent layer on top of your existing system is much, uh, much more, um, much less uh, time consuming and uh, requires less resources. It might be done in weeks instead of months or years. And typically that's the first thing management uh, of the organization is interested in how much time it will take us to set it up. I love that. Okay, last question. And it's gonna be about 
customer stories, case studies without brands, without names, none of that type oh, of stuff, but just happy. we're happy to talk about brands. We, <laughs> well, if you can, it's great. Like, uh, almost every client of ours uh, is a happy referenceable client. Um, and uh, recently we got, we've done an interview with one of our clients. Um, uh, he's a, a practice group leader um, Paul, uh, in Philadelphia office of one of the largest law firms in, uh, in, in the world, Holland and Knight. And uh, our customer success team was just talking to him, interviewing him. And he said, you know, guys, to me, my life is set, like is divided by before zero and after zero. <laughs> like, well, that's kind of a statement. Wow. <laughs> from, from a lawyer, from a practice group leader, like, uh, well, that's kind of a statement. Can we unfold it a bit? And he says, well, you guys automating things for me that I typically spend my time on. Mm -hmm. And the quality of my life dramatically changed because now I take that time and I spend it on the things that I enjoy. And when you spend things on the thing, time on the things that you enjoy, you immediately see the quality of your life changed. You see that kind of a value back, and uh, you cannot ignore it. You cannot miss it because it's before and after. Um, so that's kind of a things, and we keep hearing that from a lot of users and a lot of clients that. In isolation, this half an hour, 45 minutes a day, when we talk about it, might sound not that significant. Yeah. When you experience it, when you feel it, you know that at the end of the day, at 5, uh, 5.30, you don't have to sit down and do your email filing or your billable hours to be put into a time entry system. And you know that that hour belongs to you now. And it happens every day. Oh, you love it. Oh, yeah. That changes everything. You so like, I can go back home early and play with my kids. And that's something you cannot buy because uh, you either have it or you do not. And that's why it's before and after. I love that. Drops Mike walks off stage. It's it's really interesting because you've, you've reframed my thinking about productivity like death by a thousand cuts. And the inefficiency of just spending five minutes on something that really should have, I shouldn't have even spent five minutes on. Well, five minutes here, there, there, you know, adding all of this, all of that up over the course of a day, a week, a month, a year, et cetera. And then across the entire organization, all that time could have been used in a much more efficient way. So Alex, I love what you've built. Uh, congratulations. I think it's beautiful. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, William. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.